0: Hello and welcome back my partners in crime and also a big welcome to all my podcasters and let's have a chat about murder they're from all over the world and you know it's really impressive and I'm quite humbled by it so thank you for all the downloads and all the messages and everything that everyone is sending I really appreciate it I really appreciate the um, super thanks that you're sending and Stephen thank you so much and I'm going to mention you Stephen Stephen West thank you so much uh, for your donations because it all helps really so before we do anything else as Lacey always tells me to say please subscribe please hit the like button please hit the notification bell and um, we can get on with this case so this case this case is I'm doing a sort of a string of the at the moment about paedophiles and female paedophiles really to bring awareness right it's to bring awareness to anyone anywhere any gender can be a paedophile and what you must watch out for. And I've also put some things on the community page showing you about grooming and what is grooming, the sorts of grooming and stuff like that. So always go and have a look on the community page. It would be really great. But this case, this case is about this Karen Ellis. Now, this is 2003, it's an Australian case, right, from 2003, but it's still relevant today because really we have got now more and more female paedophiles coming through the ranks if you want to call it that way and it is about this, our perception of the difference between male and female predators, how the society view, now we spoke about this before but it's really important because it also comes down to sentencing, now this sentencing and you're going to go mad with this sentencing as we go through this case was 2003, 2004, five sort of time when this all came about and she was sentenced so things have changed since then. Also more is known about uh, female um, predators like this and also our perception is changing on it. So of course public opinion now means a lot. Also psychologists and people now are looking in more to people that abuse um, children that are female and the different sorts of abuse that they get but also um, in what areas of work they work in and how they think their self about are they a paedophile or not and this is the reason why I've called this case you are a paedophile relation to Karen Ellis because in Karen Ellis's mind she does not believe that she's a paedophile she believes the law convicted her because that's what the law is but morally internally in her psyche she does not believe that she is a paedophile even though she was a 36 year old teacher at the time having an affair with a 15 year old student now I don't know about you and this is part of this whole case I think is about your reactions to this what do you actually think about this case I have used some footage from 60 minutes Australia Liz Hayes interview with this Karen Ellis just to show you her mentality right Karen Ellis's mentality about this case but also um, Liz Hayes interviews at the same time the victim who is now older and 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 he doesn't see himself as a victim right so our perception if it's done to boys of 15 is different to if it this was a 36 year old male teacher and a 15 year old girl student our perceptions would have been changed. Probably the girl's perception of herself as a victim would be different. But also, what I want you to see about this case is this woman's a manipulator. What I've always said that groomers are. She manipulates the situation, and not only can you see that by in this case and how she dealt with this case and how she used, you know, her, I think her manipulation skills with the first judge in this case you know to, to, to come across as this poor woman that you know really um, it didn't really matter so much it was not a, you know she isn't a paedophile it was more of an affair they were in love right and how her reputation has been ruined and stuff like this this is what she used as her defense in the first case before the sentences were changed And we'll go into that so it's about looking at the crime from a hull. And um, this interview is fascinating, to tell you the truth, what Liz Hayes has done. And to tell you the truth, when you look at Liz doing this interview, the disgust on her face comes through. I don't think she could believe that Karen Ellis believed that she wasn't a paedophile. And it was only under the law that she said, oh, well, the law says I am, so I am. You know, have a look at it. It's very, very interesting as we go through this case. It's really, uh, I think it's the only interview this woman's done.
1: He was a Melbourne schoolboy. She was his PE teacher. He was 15. She was 36, old enough to be his mother. And she broke every rule in the book. For her sins, Karen Ellis was branded a pedophile, convicted and jailed. Just this month she was released, and tonight she and her victim, Ben Dunbar, tell their story. The attraction, the secret meetings, the love affair, her crime. Put bluntly, Karen Ellis betrayed a trust. She had sex with a minor. And surprising as it may seem, after all the notoriety, all the damage this affair has caused, Karen Ellis and young Ben are back in touch a pedophile, and her victim. That was alright. I hope I beat that. Yeah, no pressure. Easy in each other's company, angry and confused at what fate the law has dealt them. Two years ago, Karen Ellis, then 36, and Ben Dunbar, only 15, became lovers. She was was his teacher, he her student. I'm learning. Karen is of the same age as Ben's mother, but they want us to believe this was an affair among equals.
2: (laughs) Ben knew what he was doing, I knew what I was doing. I mean, I'm I'm not making excuses at all. It was wrong, what I did was wrong. (laughs) Look, if I could take it all back, honestly, I would. I mean, the nightmare I've lived for two years has, uh, I've lost my job, I've lost my marriage. I've been to prison I remember you came out
1: of prison a pedophile
2: I did come out a pedophile I mean I don't think I am but the law says I am you and
1: are, you are a pedophile that's a fact that's the law that is the law mm-hmm. and that's the truth
2: maybe it is isn't it? what do I say to that you
1: know Explain to me why you think you're not a pedophile.
2: Because I don't think I pursued young boys. I don't... Ben was a one-off situation. I've taught for 15 years. Um, never in that time have I had any incident. I don't look at young boys as if, well, that's who... You know, that's... I want to sleep with them. You don't believe you're a predator? No.
1: Um, I don't in think... In no the way it happened you could say i was a predator i mean i went after her but you know that that's impossible well, you you <laughs> can never be the predator you know that don't you well apparently i'm the victim you know that's but you well, are in, the victim by law not, I'm not the apparently you are yeah well by the law yeah yep but you don't see yourself as a victim definitely not no
0: so anyway let's get re- right into this case this Car- this karen ellis right this glamorous and physical education teacher um who loved being the center of attention yeah she did uh, not surprisingly she was because she was quite pretty and um, you know outgoing and wanted this attention she really a lot of the boys in them classes had you know crushes schoolboy crushes on her as they do with many teachers right this is nothing new boys do this and so do girls they have crushes on their teachers but a decent teacher a teacher with any morals with any self-respect, not only for themselves but that child would nip that in the bud straight away, right? That would have been stopped straight away because you cannot ever, when you have this duty over a child to cross over that boundary. But you see this Karen Ellis didn't have any boundaries. She wanted any attention and it didn't matter who it was from. So one day, right, in, I think it was um, September 2003, she bumps into this 15 year old student. Now they was in the school gym and um, they were playing a game of basketball and he shouts out to her, if I can sink this bowl you have to kiss me. So that's quite strange for a 15 year old boy anyway in a school area to stay to a school teacher who they would have any respect for to tell you the truth because most 15 year old boys whether they had a crush on that teacher, wouldn't dare say that, but he did, so I think this may be not have been the first incident, incident really, but they're saying what it is, so then she said, uh, and this is what he said to Ellis, then she said to him, okay, okay, so and she did kiss him, she did kiss him, because he sunk the ball, the basketball, so now the line has already been stepped over, at that point that was it. You're talking about a 15 year old, hormones raging, you know, at this age. You've shouted out to a teacher, you know if I sink this, give us a kiss for some unknown reason. When he did that she kissed him. It's a very unusual circumstances isn't it? But that really then started off this chain of events really, that would put this woman in prison and end her career and also damaged that boy's family life so much that he was estranged from his mother I don't know if he still is but he was for many many years estranged from his mother because of all of this and it's such a sad case but think about the manipulation skill of this woman as we go through this case. So she was taken to the Magistrates Courts, Melbourne Magistrate Court, because this is where this case is from. And she did plead guilty to six counts of having sex with a child under the age of 16. So as we now know, this went on further. But when you look at the brief of evidence that was there, that was given to the court, revealed Ellis had sex with this boy six times from October to November. Ellis was a teacher at the school in Melbourne, doesn't say the name, doesn't really matter because she's not there anymore and she wasn't there. Um, after this in the northern suburbs so again this is quite a wealthy suburb the northern suburbs you know it's a, it's a good suburb she's a physical educa- education teacher in this school and this is where she met him this young lad now at this point I'm not naming him because really he hadn't been named throughout he chose to go on a show um, and and say his bit so and um, you'll see him on that So she resigned from the school, so she wasn't sacked from the school, she resigned from the school after police investigation and the document said that the boy was now estranged from his family as I've said. So as this case broke, she then resigned, should have been sacked but she resigned before she could get sacked, not that that makes any difference to her career now. Also at that point because the mother is the one that instigated really this case she was there was something and this is what I'm talking about when we talk about people being groomed kids being groomed their personalities changed this boy's personality changed enough that his mother was suspicious that something was going on and that's why now he's estranged from his mother because of her actions to get this woman prosecuted so Ellis um sort of agreed with the boys account that this was the first time this you know basketball staff this got score a goal and she give him a kiss and she did and she said it was a brief kiss kiss on the lips and um, between both of them and uh, but afterwards you see they continued to meet up and talk in the stadium office she was doing this and grooming this boy in the school and then she took it outside of the school as many of them do many of them do so on other occasions the pair French kissed for the first time and they couldn't believe what they was doing it the boy told the police he couldn't believe that this teacher this 36 year old woman was kissing him French kissing the full works, you know tongue and all probably was going in there to arouse this boy to get this boy you know because that's what she is she's a groomer at this stage she's grooming this boy now and uh, he couldn't believe it was happening as far as he's concerned it's like well who you know but it's still not right is it can you see what I mean she is in the wrong totally this woman is in the wrong and this woman now is becoming or is actually even at the point of encouraging that boy to kiss or saying yes to that boy a paedophile they think it was the 10th of October of that year that um the pair had sex the first time in the master bedroom of Ellis's home. They had sex another four or five times until the 24th of November. This is what they're stating, right? The mother of three, because she was a mother of three, was a, she initially denied the affair to police, saying that it didn't want to get the boy into trouble. So now she's trying to use the boy to say, I can't say anything because I don't want to get the boy into trouble, right? But also denying that she had had intercourse, sexual intercourse, with this underage child who was, you know, a student at the school where she taught. She knew what she had done was wrong and trying to use this boy to get out of it. But you see, the boy told, he said, no, we had sex, because he was quite proud of it. You know, 15-year-old, hormones raging. Yeah, we've had sex. It consensual oh what a downfall that would have been for her because she would have done everything to not have that boy say them them words then words now that really make her a paedophile and make her liable under the law right because this boy has now admitted it you see you can't give consent at 15 to have sex with an adult it's unlawful to do that so he could have said yes 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 all he wanted right he could have laid there naked but if she had touched him, and she did, she's liable. I think this woman's manipulation skills went even further than that, right? This was their chance, wasn't it, to have sex? And she'd had this sex with this boy. But what she'd also done was recorded um, the phone records, records that she'd sent him, and I think she'd sent them um, via text messages and you know other messages that then told him to delete it. So I think it was 499 times between October and January that she had called him. And I think she went under a Susan name, I think it was Tom or something like that, meant to be a mate. So the deceit was there, hide, don't tell anyone. You see how the grooming process is now coming along. This boy thinks he's in love and everything else, she knows this is wrong because she's using a different name. To contact him under she's contacting 499 times between October and January extensive really you know pushing this uh, you know manipulation pushing this grooming because I want to get you where I want you oh, and really she did that uh, she also called him 50 times spending almost three and a half hours on the phone and had received 123 voicemail messages from him Documents showed that there had been contact between the boy and Ellis even after the police investigation. This is how much this woman didn't recognise the law. This is it. This is this woman all over for you. She didn't recognise the law because she knew what she was and even after that she was they has been investigated and she knew they has been investigated she continued contact with this young lad now as we go through and we talk about then um, in later when it comes out about what the psycholo- uh, psychologist and things say about women predators this is not much different from what they normally do and to tell you the truth her faults of not being a paedophile are the same faults as a male paedophile has they know it's wrong under the law, but morally, internally in their psyche, they don't believe it's wrong at all. They actually believe what they're doing is okay, really. And this is the same mentality. Her mentality is no different from a male paedophile at all. This is actually quite normal when we're talking about the thoughts and feelings and how the reactions and the act, how they act um, within this um, area of paedophilia, really. That's normally uh, how they feel about it. So really let's now talk shall we on how this woman was called, this pedophile was called, this woman that doesn't believe that she's a pedophile. So in the mother um, is a statement to the police. It states that she really believed that her son's personality was changing. She could sort of see his behavior was different and um, and she knew something was going on. She didn't know what it was but she knew something this change in behaviour she said her son had become defensive and when she asked where he had been and where he was going um and when why he began to shower more um when he come home from school she was concerned because listen let's let's you know be honest 15 year old teenagers don't get in the shower that often really you know you're usually pushing them aren't you and i think the changes in this boy in them sort of things She was worried that something was going on, and um, she was right. So she became really suspicious and telephoned to school to find out why her son had got into Ellis's car because she'd seen this, you know, after school. I think someone or she had seen herself of this boy getting into the car. Now, the documents revealed that Ellis was not registered to teach on that day. So not only was she now picking this boy up from school and they were going off to do what they were doing, um, you know it's uh, it's quite shocking really, the behaviour of this woman and the extent and how fast really this person was groomed, and he was groomed, he may not have thought so himself at the time, but he was. Now the thing is with groomers, when they're grooming you it can take a short or a long time, it depends on, on your personality and the personality of the child, that sort of thing. But she, this was quite quick, you know, really. So the next day, the boy's mother took his mobile phone in secretly and she drove to a neighbour's house so that the boy couldn't um, find them. Now, when the two women discovered that all the messages from the call list had been deleted and the phone's memory had been deleted, so obviously she had told him to delete all these messages and everything else. In case they were caught and she knew there was an investigation going to go happen. She knew that, right? She isn't stupid. She knew that. She would have known because a boy would have told her, my mother's suspicious, right? So now things start to hop up. Now it's a really big secret and you can't tell. Because if you tell, I'm going to get into trouble. They're going to blame me, which they should. But so you're putting our pressure on this child to hide things, to not tell the truth to delete messages typical groomer but you have to think this Karen Ellis was sending this boy so many messages wasn't she now this boy's phone had the mother's took it Ellis didn't know that so as they've got this phone and they're looking through this texting starts then to come through and um, (laughs) it a bit actually the pseudonym name she used was Kevin not Tom it was Kevin And this come through this text messages come through from this Kevin so she told the police that her friend dialed the number and Karen Ellis answered the phone so this woman good investigators aren't they these two women but these are mothers for you aren't they these are mothers that are concerned about their children that do this it's um, you know really when you think about it it's thank God that this mother was on it and recognized that her son was changing because God knows where else this could have gone or how long and as you see it didn't actually end there so as I've said in the beginning she was charged with six counts um, and uh, of sexual penetration under a child or a child under the age of 16 and she admitted them in the first instance right? because she was bound to rights she didn't admit it at first really because she's trying to hide the child isn't she keep things from the mother telling the child to delete 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 don't say don't don't say we had sex lie right so she in the end listen the woman knew that yes i'm going to be caught for this and in the end yes she did she said okay you know yes i admit it but only because it's the law that thinks i've done something wrong i don't now this county court judge of Victoria, uh, I think it's Judge Smallford or Smallwood. Um, he said that she had grown, uh, that she had shown a degree of remorse for what she had done. Really, but what she had done could not be condemned. So he, at that instance, in that trial, gave her a sentence of 22 months suspended. Suspended. He also stated that her life had become a freak show and that she was never going to be able to teach again her career was over and all this sort of bullshit that comes out of some of these judges mouths when they don't really understand the gravity of the case well, I tell you now, right? Society went mad at this they couldn't believe it because you are talking about not only is she a paedophile but she was a teacher in the school where this child, a 15 year old, which was under the age to give consent to any sexual acts at all, with, under this laws or any laws in Australia or this country or, and stuff, this was really important that this judge should have done more at that point than he did. And this is where then sort of the shit hit the fan, really. I think people said, hang on a minute, right? We send our school our kids to school. Not believing that they are going to be groomed, you know, sexually assaulted, you know, molested by pedophiles, male or female, and so really, this should have been the time in 2003, 2004, 2005, when really people were pushing for bigger sentences for these sort of predators because they do affect children's lives all the way through their life the acts that they do now will affect these children later on this boy at that point and for many years and I don't know if he still is um, estranged from his family because of what his mother did to try and save him from a paedophile he had no family he also left school he left school and then went to work he didn't continue on with his education that would have been different maybe if he had not been abused by this woman, this whole life of this boy was changed from that one kiss on that basketball call in his school where he should have been safe from predators. This, that changed his life. Yes, it changed her life, but she was a paedophile. Who cares? Right? She should never be allowed near teachers and uh, near students. You are in a position of authority. You have a duty of care to protect a child when you are a teacher, not to encourage that sort of behavior and then to cross over that line and then to do the act of abusing a child under your care. Absolutely disgraceful, but this poor lad's life is different now from maybe what it would have been if if this hadn't have happened to him. He may not see it like that now or he didn't then but as time goes on he will see that he is a victim of crime he really is and I'm just when you look at this this Hayes um, interview remember that as this boy's talking remember that so listen this case didn't it sparked outcries you know from All different forms of um, public organisations and children's charities and people that work with people that have been affected by any form of sexual abuse or some form of abuse as a child these people reacted really to this you know terrible sentencing a disgraceful sentence really for a woman that's it's clearly uh, a predator and um, I could see actually how this case was building up in them days to really um, where the uh, director of public prosecution actually subsequently appealed that, that sentence, and and succeeded in that, and then they went back to court because this woman needed to serve time, right? Listen, no paedophile really ever gets a lot of time, do they really? You know, um, they just don't. When we think about what they should get and what they actually get is usually madness, right? We we think it's madness as normal everyday people of what should happen to these paedophiles and they just don't get it Um it, it does hit home but when you're giving someone a suspended sentence or a suspended jail term of 22 months and not have to spend a day in prison what do you think the public is going to react like you know when we hear so much of it going on and even in 2003, 4, 5 right the way up there's been many many cases in Australia, America, England, New Zealand all over the world that affect the lives of our children and these predators have to be punished will be seen to be punished surely to make a difference because what's the bloody point of taking them to court, going through all that if you're going to slap their hands say oh it's because you're a woman i felt sorry for you you know you've lost your reputation you know no these paedophiles and that's exactly what she is bring this on themselves they do it's no fault of the child it's no void of any victim it's no no fault of any public body it's no fault of the police or of the courts that put this in place these laws in place to protect our children from predators like this the whole fault the whole damage to these children and our society comes down to these predators men or women that's who it comes down to finally this woman was um it's Karen Ellis she was 37 at the time sentenced in, and she was it was she was sentenced after all this and you know the public opinion and god knows what else she was then sentenced to two years and eight months jail with all but six months suspended so she did spend time in jail and uh <laughs> you know she didn't like it doesn't want to be known as paedophile she doesn't like it you know me 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 sorry you know but i don't see myself as a paedophile i don't i don't it was a relationship The law says I'm a paedophile, so I'm a paedophile. That's been her attitude all along. Let me tell you, why I think she's such a manipulator, I found an article in the newspaper from her husband who'd done a story in the newspaper, because she was married, don't forget, a married woman with three children um, at this point when she was having an affair with a 15-year-old boy. And in that article, he states that it was his fault right because he neglected her because he was either at work or away on work and that was in the first sort of trial this was coming out by the second trial by the public opinion by when this man probably thought about what he was saying really you know how he was making himself bloody look bloody stupid right but he was manipulated as much by her as this 15 year old was. Right? To him to come out and say that sort of statement about why he felt she'd done it is because of him, his neglect towards her. This woman's not only a paedophile, she's a narcissist, right? She's a manipulator because everything seems to be about her. But by the end of the second trial, let me tell you, there was no ring on that finger no more. That had gone, right? He wasn't in that call to support that woman she was gone she was gone from his life i think anyone that this woman would have any contact with because of her manipulation skills is still even to this day i would consider quite dangerous you know around any child because she had this sort of character where she was this outgoing i mean she's older now right we're talking about what 17 years she's older now her looks would have you know dissipated and um will she find it easier to see children No, because she was put under a, um, you know, protection order, I think, against children, you know, the sex offenders register for 15 years, where she couldn't leave the state. And if she left the state, she couldn't be near a child. If she had her own children in or a child in, she'd have to report that. All this sort of stuff. But you've only put her under this order for 15 years, right? That was all that order was. It wasn't life. She didn't get life on this register. She got 15 years. I just, you know, I don't know. What changes then? I when mean, you're 36, 15 years later, or 17 years later, or 15 years later, if this, you know, what would have changed in this girl's mindset? Nothing. Because she actually doesn't think she'd done anything wrong. Right? She doesn't. Her mindset is, I am not a paedophile. I've done nothing wrong. It was an affair. It was consensual. He enjoyed it. It was harmless. That's what her feeling is about this case shocking isn't it really so in the second trial this Justice um, Calloway, I think he said that the failure to jail Karen Ellis at that point uh, was unintentionally violated the rule of equality in the law which it did right it can't be one rule for one and one rule for another you know just because you're a man or a woman if you're doing the same act to a child that is causing harm to that child right then you have to be done and, and seem to be you know prosecuted under the law equally or else the law becomes madness doesn't it who would have any respect for the law if we start treating people criminals differently because of their gender this is the whole issue with this case right women paedophiles are out there in quite a lot of numbers more than you think but it is our perception of them that sometimes stops them coming into the fourth full of their you know criminal justice system because when we get them there this is how we're treating them but this judge uh, Justice Calloway he said no it's the law is the law no matter if you're man or woman and he, that is why they gave him the sentence the same as the sentence would have been for a man of 36 who was seeing a child in his school at the age of 15 that sentence would have been the same no matter what the circumstances are out that, this that crime that's what that crime and that sentence held for that crime and I also think in the first trial the boy had wrote a statement in support of Karen Ellis in support of her Um, and that's why she probably wasn't jailed at that point as well there was a lot of circumstances around that court case that first one that magistrate's court that first one where um, and I think he I don't think he was there but I think after that on the second one year you know, when she was led out of the court in handcuffs to serve her sentence taken down to serve her sentence that boy wasn't there at that hearing then I think by this stage people are growing up aren't they really now at that time when all these statements were being made and these court cases were coming out the appeals and stuff to um, up her sentence was coming out the mother said that she had lost her son as I said earlier she had lost her son due to this not through the You know, indirect I think, because the woman wanted her son kept safe, the mother, and you had a predator that wanted to use and abuse her son. And the manipulation of Karen Ellis over her victim outweighed the love, care and respect he had for his mother. That's how strong sometimes this grooming process can be where the child will go against you as your as a mother because you're trying to say to them what's happening is wrong, right? These people need to get prosecuted. But they have such a hold over this person and they even have a hold after this person even after she was being investigated and even after she had served her time in jail. They still had a relationship of some form, whether it was sexual or not is unclear. I don't think it was, or if it was, I wasn't saying. But there was some relationship there after, and you can see that from the interview in 60 Minutes Australia um, interview, which I will put the link in full for you to watch. So you have people like this Braveheart um, organisation, and that's for abuse of victims, right? They support abuse of victims, and they was quite pleased that she has actually served sentence, and they feel that justice was served. It showed. Um, that this sort of thing happens and that it's not tolerated. You also had um, similar reactions, I think, from Gail McCarty, the president of the parents uh, in Victoria, and he said it sends a powerful message that either um, gender, female or male paedophiles, are subject to these laws and in the end will be caught and prosecuted equally, equally, no matter what their gender is. There was an article, I think it was Dr Joe Sullivan, who told the ABC um, when they was um, overlooking this case and other cases and when he was talking about leading forensic psychologist and he's got I think more than 20 years counselling service actually, uh, you know child victims so he's seen and heard a lot and he would have also attended lots of different conferences and he attended a conference in this instant because of this um, female predator really and um, how I think it was handled this case, and what the changes that can be made later on, using experiences from um people who have been sexually abused to show that you know by females and males that um it does happen, and what we should expect as the public in our courts to deliver right on the sentencing and uh, on the evidence that comes through with these sort of cases, so he 's really good this bloke, and he 's come out with quite a lot of things so he 's got he said that um, at this conference, his belief is that female um, abusers were far greater than the conviction rate suggests, which i 've been saying for absolute many many years. We are seeing more and more now, but we 're still not seeing all of them. Um, you know they're still under that surface aren't they? They just don't raise their head enough for us to be aware of what's really going on. And I think his daughter's just said like what I've just said but that when you, you know, they're more prevalent than you think. People just don't seem to think it and it's so shocking when we do these cases because you can see the reactions to them, you can see the people's comments on them and shock and horror. But really it, it is quite normal it really is, and I, I, know, I know that sounds bad to say, but there are so many now of them cases that are coming out. There's not now, you know, I suppose difference in it to me when I see a paedophile that's a female where maybe a few years ago I would have been shocked. Oh, you know, I'm no longer shocked. So he's sort of saying as well that um, the research showed that offenders could reach as high as 25%. Um, but overall conviction rates for women were only about three or four percent a person uh, Possible reason would be for the discrepancy would be the relevance to report abuse by a woman. So we have victims um, Like this one in this case that don't see himself at the present as a victim or didn't at that time So it isn't till much later on as they grow up and they realize hang on a minute I was groomed she is a paedophile do you see what I mean but also what he also states there about what you know the documents and um, you know the research has showed is that men or women that are abused by women um, as children don't report it whether they're ashamed of that I mean there's a lot of people that are abused that don't report it all ever for their own reasons and um And that goes the same with if you're abused by a woman there seems to be am I going to be believed because of our perception about what a woman is you know it's you know are they going to believe me you know this is my mother this my auntie this my teacher are they going to believe me because she's a woman you know she's probably a mother herself family woman listen it happens and the perception of the victims have this in their minds And think no I won't say I'm not going to say anything I don't want to be in court and be ripped to pieces in court because I've said something that's going to be really hard to prove let me tell you now it's not that hard to prove anymore right our perception about female paedophiles are changing the data and the research into this area of paedophilia in females has now made groundbreaking sort of Research now what we will use in court, and people do use in court to make sure that we get these predators, whether they are men or women. And I think the last, the the one that really shocks me the most about the research is that most people in society still do not believe that a woman can be a pedophile. Now, these are research statistics that people still do not you know majority of the population out there right when you when this was done in 2005 i think do not or did not at that time believe that women could be at all predatory like when it comes to sexual abuse of children and um, thank god times are changing isn't it Where we can do these sort of cases and educate people and bring awareness to these cases to tell the public hang on a minute you need to protect your children not just from men but from women because women are just as prolific at sexual abuse against children as men are they're just not caught that often and I think the other you know and I've said this before in other cases our perception that young boys oh we should be grateful you know my god you know they're boys sewing their ropes all this young time no right but that's not and these victims don't feel like that really they don't you might have a few that pretend to or feel but they know deep down there's something wrong especially like the boy said in his statement I couldn't believe it was happening So his fantasy of a teacher that he was kissing was coming true, but for that 15 year old boy it was only a fantasy. She is the one that brought that to life, isn't she? You know, and I think this is what it is with these sort of cases where we have to get them out and talk about this sort of thing. Because it's a subject that if we don't talk about, it's not going away, right? It's not going to go away. They're going to get worse, really. Because we don't talk about it and we don't protect our children against it. There's going to be more and more cases and more and more children that are affected for the rest of their life by these sort of predators. These female predators that don't believe they're a paedophile, do they? Not really. She doesn't believe she's a paedophile. I had an affair. He wanted it. He liked it, that's what she thinks. So there was detective, I think his name was Detective Inspector John Roos. Now he led the task force um, Argos and this is a specialised unit in charge of searching for sex offenders. As I've said about this before, these people do a great job. Alright, it's a terrible job to have to do, someone has to do it. And he was the detective inspector on that job, now he stated at this point as well and he told the news.com um, AU in April of that 2004 I think um, that the police were seeing more and more female paedophiles then right then not now then now there's lots but even 2003-2004 they were seeing many more female paedophiles now coming online doing all this sort of stuff which we talked about before so that is that in the last 12 months prior to 2003, um, in the, yeah 12 months they arrested 172 sex offenders um, that had been females and uh, the proportion was very different but they are interested in what drives this on and what will happen next within this you know um, research that even they have to do now. And I think with um, uh, this genre he said that um that even though they're researching online they're doing all this stuff online and they're looking at you know the determining factors really right there's no rule set profile of a paedophile as I continue to say they haven't got it on their head they're not the certain look they just can be anybody right anyone so he says that um there's no typical profile that could be attached to an offender They come from all walks of life. There's no way um, you can put them into a box. There's always a common denominator, but there's no single common denominator. That's why they're so difficult to find. That's why we have to do what we can to protect our children from predators like this because they could be anyone out there because really, you know you've got this task force this Argos task force now searching online and doing different things coming up with profiles of female offenders and even they're telling you in 2003 they're growing and they're growing to where they can't distinguish you know different groups on certain characteristics listen this whole case right is about our perception of female paedophiles Right? It's also about our perception of what is expected the law to cover and the sentences for paedophiles, for paedophiles. It's just shocking sometimes when we hear, don't we, that a female paedophile has really talked her way with her manipulation skills into getting a 22 month suspended jail sentence. Then, of course, the attorney general has had to come in and slam it, you know, with hang on a minute, because of public opinion as, as pushed and pushed and said this is not right these people are not shouldn't be in our community and they shouldn't be allowed to go near our children and work as teachers most of these cases that i have done in this sort of couple of weeks period where we've looked at either cyber crime against uh, minors or offences against minors whether that be murders you know Starvation, um, you know, manslaughters or offense, sexual offences against children. It comes down, doesn't it, to none of us really are satisfied with how the court are handling these cases. Apart from America, I must say, right, and I keep saying it, and if we could just have one little bit of American um, sentence in laws in this country for the sex offenders in this country we may make a change here right but we may not that's a thing because if we get harder with laws and everything else and these then paedophiles are underground or on the dark web where most of them now are because they're trying not to get caught they're making more money online from what they're doing to these children you know and then we have to have task force like task force Argos and other task force all around the world joint Join in together to catch such paedophiles, right? And to give them harsh sentences. The next case that's coming up is this Boris, you know, um, case, and he, you know, I think he sexually assaulted, sexually abused over 50 boys, plus online imaging and God knows what else. And he'd done that over four countries, and he'd done that I think from 2002 to 2017 when he was finally caught by the Australian. Um, police federal police and it would have been under this sort of you know um, task force that would have caught this man and he got 28 years before he's eligible for parole but even is that enough for such an offender that will only ever come out and offend again we have to make sure that we push for our laws in this country and in other countries to be more harsher and also protect our children. And as I always say, if you know a child that is being harmed or you have suspicions that a child is being harmed in any way, then you should ring and make a complaint and report that abuse or you know alleged abuse that you may think is going on because you could save a child's life from doing that. It's really important that as a society, we don't back away from what we see right we don't back away from this you can ring up anonymously you can leave a message you can report to social services you can report to police anonymously and not get yourself into any trouble because if these people are doing nothing wrong to that child then they that's fine but what you've done is that you could have saved a child's life because you have took the steps determined to make sure that these children live a safe and happy life all across the world that's the whole aim isn't it of these cases that we do to publicize them for awareness to make sure that people report 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 if you see it report it if you think it report it save a child's life is much easier than closing your door closing your curtains and not thinking about that child right and then finding out two weeks later that that child is dead at least you would have given it a go. Now listen, as we know, in all our societies, and especially in England, we have children dropping through, you know, you know, the net all the time, don't we? We try and support and stay and do these sort of things and push these cases out to make a difference with child, you know, um, to keep a child safe, and they fall through the net all the time because of our public services are you know in the gutter at the moment we have social services that don't use their powers enough to what the law gives them to use and we also have paedophiles out there like this women that don't give a shit about the law or about your children they are going to do it anyway so we have to as I always say protect your own child you're the only one that can protect your child from a predator and I'm telling you now even then right no matter what what you do you may not, not you may not succeed in protecting that child that's how prevalent this is out there today you may not so use every leaflets that you've got I download lots of stuff you'll see lots of stuff on the community page for you to understand about grooming the grooming process leave leaflets about Kids are not going to sit and talk to you at 13, 14, 15, they're just not because they're teenagers and that's what teenagers do, if you leave that stuff lying around, they will pick it up, they do talk amongst themselves, they do understand now the dangers of online, but these predators are so manipulative and so crafty, right, that they will take your child from you quicker than you think, so please, always be aware. Of that there are predators like this everywhere everywhere so listen thank you for watching and until the next time bye bye